You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This podcast is brought to you by the wonderful, beautiful, awesome, killer, what other adjectives can I use that are positive and extremely true, um, family behind Fuzzrocious Petals. You've heard Ryan on the show. You know about their stuff. It's all fantastic. You know I've got uh, maybe something cooking with them or maybe you don't know about that but i didn't say that i did so don't worry about it um yeah the best thing to do would be to head over and you know go to their website maybe sign up for their their newsletter and that way you can stay abreast of all the latest and greatest and you know it's a good thing to do why would you rather what you rather get emails from like best buy or walmart no you want the Vuzz Rocious Petals news- newsletter. Of course you do. Yeah, the new the new newsletter. I meant to say that. Don't worry about my enunciation. Go over there and sign up because stuff is coming your way, I hear, maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that may come as quite a shock. You may not you may not be ready for it, but it's it's reality. It's what's happening, it's what it is. This episode is sponsored by Sinusoid, Sinusoid Cables, my favorite cables. You know, if I had a co-host to like go off of with these, it would be so much easier for me, but I don't. So I have to pretend and kind of like stare at the wall and talk to this microphone and say, like, try to convince this wall to buy this cable. But you're not a wall. You're a real person, and you need cables. You need to connect all your pedals together. You need to connect your guitar to your pedals, to your amp. Or maybe you're a plug-straight-in guy. Okay, maybe you are. That's fine. You still need Sinusoid to rock to your fullest, because these guys are awesome. They support all these different gear podcasts, including this one, and they're a very, very valuable resource in the community they're always serving up all the goods they have the best warranty in the business and fantastic customer service if you buy something from sinusoid and you're not happy with it well they're gonna fix you up you're not gonna have to worry you will you will eventually be happy with it so go to sinusoid.com get some cables and just enjoy life more than you're enjoying it right now Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the ToneMob.com podcast. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have somebody that we've been, I don't know, I've been corresponding on the interwebs with for a while now. I don't know, a couple of years at this point. Mr. Drew Walsh of Walsh Guitars. How's it going, man? Good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, having a, a good Saturday. Doing the thing. Just got done playing some fuzz pedals with my son, so it's uh, things are looking up. It's <laughs> awesome. How old's your son? Uh, he's about two and a half. Yeah. Ah, uh, nice. He's, he's a little dude. He likes. To, he says, "I want to play pedals," and he comes out and <laughs> twists knobs. It's a, it's the best thing ever. That's awesome. Yeah. My daughter helped me in the shop today. I had uh, just kind of finished up another wave of guitars. And uh, she told me that she wants to to build guitars with me, so I told her she could start by by vacuuming. So she got my shop <laughs> back and vacuumed all the floor, which was awesome. So <laughs> nice. How old is she? Yeah, uh, she's six, and then I got a three and a half year old as well. Actually, she's almost four. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. 
Um, well, let's get into it, uh, and we can kind of talk about, you know, how we got hooked up uh, initially, and mm -hmm. how I've been drooling over your rather unique uh, designs over the years. And uh, but let's just kind of start with your musical backstory and and that kind of general thing, as everyone knows. So, like, how'd you get started in music, and then kind of what led you down the path of want to make guitars? Yeah. Let's see. I started. Started playing electric guitar when I was in fifth grade, and uh, yeah, my my parents took me to this pawn shop. I, I grew up in Sacramento. My parents took me to this pawn shop, and uh, my dad told me he would buy me a guitar as long as I promised I wouldn't join a band. And, uh, <laughs> and oh, then, really? like, That's probably in yeah. interesting stipulation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but what he didn't know is. Like the only reason I wanted to get a guitar is because I wanted to be in a ska band. Because uh, at the same time, I, I also yes. played trombone, and so so rad. I played, yeah, I played trombone. I was like, well, I want to play guitar too. So, so I ended up picking up the guitar two years later in seventh grade. Uh, ended up kind of joining a ska band with some friends of mine. I mean, as much of a band that you can really have as a seventh grader right i know uh, i know the feeling yeah. yes <laughs> i'm sure we were just completely horrible uh but but you know like we learned like all of our favorite favorite songs like mighty mighty boston's and mm -hmm. you know all those all those kind of guys and stuff so we did that for a couple years my parents weren't super happy about that but they they kind of came around to that uh and then actually and then so i kind of played music with those friends for a good long while. And then in high school, I ended up uh, starting another band with some friends called No Avail. And mm -hmm. we we played we played concerts with no effects. We played uh, was strung out a couple times. Oh man. So, I'm like, jealous. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, so it was it was super fun. Uh, we ended up like at in the high school we kind of stopped playing and and whatnot so um but then when i went away to college i went to azusa pacific university in la and uh studied music there for my undergrad and mm -hmm. of course joined the band once i got there and we we did a bunch of concerts and stuff in the la area I played like uh, the whiskey and the knitting factory and some of those mm -hmm. kind of cool venues. Never really I'm nothing much. What's that? I just want to say, like, you're doing really horrible at this point as far as keeping up your end of the bargain with the whole not joining a band thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, like, you really <laughs> have just kind of bl blown the door. Like, you can, uh, you know, he, your, dad, your old man <laughs> held up his end. He got you the guitar. You've, kind of, you've really dropped the ball at this point. But I know, I know, right? No, yeah, but what well, was I, I want to back up to that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like it seems that seems almost counterintuitive. Like I think most guys, at least anyone that I know that that picked up, especially electric guitar, not acoustic players, maybe. Yeah. But like electric guitar players generally want to be in a band. Like mm -hmm. I think that's just once you start playing, you kind of want to be. What What was his thing there? Like what? he didn't want you to be in a band from the kind of inconvenience factor of like having to go to practice and all the time it takes or what was the deal there? Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe a little bit, uh, I mean, my, my, my family's pretty like, conservative and stuff. So I think they, I, I have two older brothers and they're like significantly older than me. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think they're a little bit worried, like having, seen like especially my middle brother how he kind of got mixed in with wrong crowds and stuff and so i think they're a um, bit worried like you know crap if he picks up electric guitar he's gonna fall into that same kind of thing so got it uh, but, but yeah i mean sense. i was a yeah i was a bit more sheltered just in that like the friends that i ended up forming a band with that was like totally not their not their scene uh so i i think they, they warmed up to the idea once they saw that like even even when playing with with some major major bands who did party hard, like right. the guys that I was the guys I was with, they were pretty straight edge, you know. So yeah, like that didn't mean they it didn't it didn't mean that you were going to do that, right? Exactly, and they they I think they figured that out 
once I had been doing it long enough, they're like, okay, yeah, he's not, he's not going down that path. So, right. Uh, understandable yeah. concern though, especially if they've already had experience in that department. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not to dig too much so, yeah. into that. I just thought that was kind of a, I was like, wait, wait, what? why? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board now. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Story. No, no, no. So yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah. So college, you know, was in a band and, and that, that kind of band was more, I, I was kind of over punk by that time. And so we're, we're kind of doing more. Um, and it's, it was kind of, it was very eclectic, kind of almost like funk rock. And mm-hmm. uh, we even had like a horn section at points where it'd be like, I don't know. It was it was it was really weird. So it it was a lot of fun. We like for two years uh, in college there at Azusa, we we won the battle of the bands, and it was just like it was fun times with with friends. But we we didn't take it too seriously. So once right. we all graduated, once we all graduated, it kind of just stopped there. But um, yeah, and then and then from there, so so yeah, music was my my undergrad. Uh, and I come from a, a religious background and stuff. So I've, I've been involved in different churches doing, doing music, honestly, since I got that first guitar. So mm-hmm. well, once I graduated college, I was hired full-time at a church to, to do their music. And, uh, and then uh, after being there for about two and a half years, actually went back to grad school and finished up a post-grad degree and then was at a church for four years in Florida doing music. And now I'm at a church here in Washington and uh, I oversee the music programs for, uh, for three different churches. Uh, we're kind of like a multi-campus uh, church setting here. So I oversee the music and technology and all that kind of stuff for the three campuses. So I still gotcha. do, I still do music full time. Uh, and then guitar building has become this since 2009 has kind of become this like uh, just labor of love. And it's pretty, uh, I guess probably within the last four years or so it's become like a, a part-time venture. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm a, I mean, the designs that you do are, you know, um, they're not a, they're not a typical, you know, um, not that, not that I think this is bad or anything, but like a lot of people start yeah. with like, you know, let's put together a parts caster type of situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's not, not what you're doing now. It's that, did you start there? What kind of like people don't just jump into building guitars the way you do. So where was kind of the first step? To yeah. That? Yeah. Well, so this was probably back in, 2008 uh i was i was doing my my post-grad work and it was only like three classes so i had a lot of downtime i wasn't working at the time i was just doing school um Mm -hmm. and my brother-in-law gave me this just super crappy squire and uh and and he asked me, he's like, he's like, you know, hey, like, can you, I want you to age it, like, just make it look cool and, and old and vibey. And uh, he's like, but I want you to upgrade the parts, make it more playable. He had like this kind of like connection with the guitar and he just wanted it to sound and look cool. So right. I, kind I of a, ended a, up taking... A, uh, oh, sorry. I'm just assuming it was sort of... Uh, Im- like a nostalgic or emotional connection or something. Yeah, totally. I mm-hmm. mean, he had had that guitar forever. He wasn't even really much of a guitar player, but he just wanted it to, to kind of look cool. Like, I don't know. So I ended up taking it and took it apart and, you know, got replacement parts and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, all parts or WD music or something like that. Right. And reassembled it. Uh, I put in some like Lindy Fralins and stuff like that. And the guitar ended up sounding really great. I mean, my setup work was like super shoddy, (laughs) (laughs) but, but like, I mean, it looked cool. Like in, it was the first time I'd ever really tried to 
age of guitar or anything. So, and it actually turned out pretty well. And coming out of that, I was kind of like, you know, shoot, man, I could, I could do this. Like, this is fun. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it ended up being like a, a lot more fun than I thought, which, I mean, this is why so many of us get into to mods and, you know, build your own pedals and stuff like that. Um, and this is yeah, why it ends up being like, a, a good time type of thing. It's like, oh, yeah, it sounds like it sounds totally. like work, but I don't know. It can be a good it can can be a good time if you let it be type of deal. Well, totally. And this is why, you know, companies like Warmoth and and others like thrive because there's enough of us out there that's uh you know, if you get a good neck and body, it's it's fun to do the rest. It's mm-hmm. it's creating the neck and body that no one wants to bother. <laughs> no one wants to bother with. So so they, they have a smart business model going on. For sure. Um yeah, so anyways, kinda after that he actually ended up just letting me keep the guitar. He's like, you know what? Like, this is awesome. Uh you you play guitar. I don't even really play guitar, so why don't you just keep it? And I ended up uh giving it to a buddy of mine just as just as a gift and and he ended up loving the guitar and uh we had a lot of uh shared friends and stuff and so he let them play it they liked it uh and then these friends kind of kept coming to me they're like hey could you put together a tally for me or strat and that kind of thing and so that kind of like kicked it off for me uh Mm -hmm. And at that point, like, I didn't, I honestly didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, so I kind of, I, I was doing pro- probably what every, every other average Joe was doing was like, just, you know, I'm going to go buy an all parts neck and, uh, you know, buy an all parts body or go to Warmoth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like but, assemble more than, more than, you know, I don't know. more Exactly. Than, you know, yeah. More than like being yeah. a luthier, basically, you're assembling totally. your parts. Yeah. Well, and, and like, what's funny, like, it's kind of weird that I even fell into all of this just because my dad was like one of those dads that, like, you know, if something broke around the house, he's calling the repairman. Like, he never, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, he never, he never taught me, like, I, I mean, like, how to use a bandsaw. You know, I mean, that's that would be super advanced for him. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I just didn't like grow up around tools or anything mm-hmm. like that. So the fact that I like kind of got into this was like, I mean, totally like took people by surprise, especially my family. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's uh, funny. <laughs> that's that is interesting because I I kind of grew up around people who built things and know how to build things, and I'm not great, but I can you know, work with my hands and make stuff and and mechanically inclined. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I see that kind of stuff sometimes. And it's so foreign to me. I'm like, everyone knows how to, you know, use a screwdriver. Right. But some people really just, it's just not their thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, it's fun. Yeah. I have an intern right now. And uh, it was, it was literally like that. Like I had to show him how to properly use uh yeah like a screwdriver how to use a drill press i mean how to use a hand drill like i mean it was like starting from (laughs) from square one and it was just like oh my gosh and then i remind myself i'm like oh yeah oh yeah that was actually me like you know 10 years ago so (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so this is funny how it comes around it it does and i mean it's like it's kind of i don't know if for guys that have done it for a little bit or done things you know uh, for a little bit of that nature it's like when you meet somebody that is your age or older that like doesn't like doesn't have that kind of knowledge you're like uh, you're confused you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah and so and it's like oh i mean not i'm not commenting bad on them i'm just saying it's like it takes me by surprise i'm like oh you don't okay yeah well, yeah I, I guess you're not a carpenter so that why would you but it always like takes exactly. you like takes you a couple like you need my, you know, my wife worked for somebody that that called their handyman out to install a curtain rod, a uh, shower curtain <laughs> rod, like one of the extendable, you know, screw. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I'm like, like they, they, that's awesome. Uh, 
like it took more effort to pick up the phone. That's what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> but, but hey, That's everyone's got, got their thing, you know. That's really funny. Not to go yeah, on well, that I mean, tangent. That was just a random no, thought when you uh, said that. That's, that's funny. I mean, and that was honestly, that was me at that point. Like, I I was just trying to figure it out as I went. And it's mm-hmm. funny, like, I mean, now it's funny. Then it wasn't. But, like, it was, like, the littlest things, right? Like, using a, a screwdriver head that was too small for a screw, and then you end up stripping out all of your screws. And, right. <laughs> and you're just like... I mean, you, you learn those things as you go, but it was, and that's kind of honestly how the first, how a year, year and a half of just assembling guitars was. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it was for friends, right? So they're super gracious. And, uh, you know, it, it it was just a lot of fun. And and quite honestly, it was without those, those uh, that like year, year and a half of just doing that, uh, if I had just tried to jump in, I probably wouldn't have actually understood, you know, like all the ins and outs of like how a guitar, like all the parts play together as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really it really helped. It's kind of like if you if you're an auto mechanic or something, if you really know how to take care of your car, uh, not only like does it just make you uh, more in tune with what you have. But I don't know, you just have a better understanding. If you ever had to create a part from scratch or whatever, it's just right. you have the knowledge there. You know you know what it takes and what like is good quality versus bad quality. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean it, it was that, that was, it was a good a uh that was a good analogy for me because that was that was my background for a lot of years. So it's like yeah, I Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a I was a heavy equipment mechanic for uh trucks and heavy equipment for about eight years so that that resonated with me i know what you mean oh good yes yeah (laughs) so yeah and you know uh honestly so like after probably doing a year and a half or so just assembling this is about 2009 uh Mm -hmm. that's when i started doing the guitar bodies by myself just trying to just slowly venture out and uh so What's funny is like I had just started doing guitar bodies, two thousand nine, and one of the very first ones I tried doing by myself. Uh, and at this point, I was still sourcing out necks to like from uh, like Warmoth or All Parts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the very first ones I build on my own, as far as the body goes, Mason Stoops ended up buying. Oh really? And, yeah, and that's that white guitar that he's just like beat to shreds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's still. I mean, two thousand nine, uh, which that... that's when I can. Cons- that's when I consider myself actually first having started Walsh guitars. Uh, yeah, and he he like bought like it was either the first or the second guitar. That's the one that he still plays today. So, I had no idea just, that was yours. I've seen that thing a million times. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's done a trillion mods to it, right? I think like uh, the bridge is original. And obviously the body and neck are original. But uh, other than that, like, I mean, the pickups, he he went to the pickups that were in that originally, I think were were either Lawler's or Fraylin's. And mm-hmm. he ended up swapping them out for some Don Mares. And now they're the bridge is if if I remember right, it's actually a real nineteen fifty-four Telecaster bridge pickup. And then he has a, a Gaiatone uh kind of like a yeah, they're funky like orange yeah. foil. Yep, yeah. that's that that's the one I yeah, I think you're right about the the bridge. I'm I, I can picture this guitar in my head. So Yeah. And then he and I've had, always like, thought that guitar is so cool. <laughs> I didn't know yeah, it was yours. I mean, he 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 definitely he made it cool. Like when I gave it to him, it was like it was okay. I mean, but I mean, honestly, Mason makes everything cool. So you you gotta true give story. that to him. It's yeah. true. Yeah, and it, he like at one point he had some like uh, like a guitar fetish preamp in there that had like a, a mid range boost and some kind of. 
uh, EQ enhancer, I think they called it. Um, so there, there's like, I think this is like probably the first generation of Mason Stoops mods was he like, he created this funky pick guard and the pick guard, uh, extended between the bridge and the, uh, the mount mounting plate. I don't mm -hmm. know if you have seen pictures of that, but they had like three little mini toggle switches there. And that was to engage that preamp. And so now he he's back to the standard vintage style wiring. But that guitar right. is it's seen it's seen a lot of a lot of work. <laughs> it's seen some things, man. I've seen some yes. things. Yeah. The stories it could tell. <laughs> Maybe it shouldn't. So yeah. be quiet, guitar. Yeah. Don't don't you mention that ever again. <laughs> that's right so yeah so i mean that's that's kind of it i mean honestly going from there it's just been it's been one venture after another and uh it's been cool like the last four years i've been here in, in washington and uh and here i've been really i have like my own separate shop um it's not massive but it's large enough for me to to do everything and since I've moved here, I've been able to hire on an extra hand. Uh, and he used to do all the setup work for the Gibson custom shop. Mm -hmm. And so, and so he's kind of like my, my last stop, it goes to him and he, he does the final setup and just kind of make sure that quality control is, is what it should be. And that kind of thing. He, he just does a really great job with those final details. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then I also have another guy who helps with with necks, and it's been cool because like since I've been here, it's all been kind of like this long process of of growth. Because you know it was assembly, then it was like building the body, and then still sourcing out necks, and and now it's like whenever possible, everything is is everything's done in shop, uh, and I have those two guys to help me out with that, so. Uh, and that's why I like, you know, now we're doing like kind of cool uh, fretboard markers and and all these kind of things that you would never see, you know, like a Warmoth or guitar mill doing that kind of thing. So, right. It's been it's been cool. It so. is. It is really it's really neat. I mean, what what first kind of drew me to your stuff? I, I mean, we probably like like how most of these things happened connected on Instagram. And, uh, I just remember looking at your body shapes and, and things and going, you know, that just, that just is, is really cool. It's really different. And mm -hmm. through kind of just, you know, as our social media stuff goes, like I started seeing you seem to have a, quite an affinity for oddball, like, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Italian and, and old German things and all these kind of <laughs> weird sort of weird, you know, things, but are still very aesthetically pleasing, but not what we yeah. consider traditional as, you know, uh, the American stuff we're used to. Um, what yeah. kind of brought that on? Yeah, well, I was, so probably until 2000, I guess it was 2013. Until then, I was still only doing, you know, tellies, strats. Uh, I was doing some Jazzmaster, Jaguar kind of stuff. And then I, I dabbled a little bit with like Les Pauls, Les Paul mm -hmm. Juniors. And I'll, st I'll still do a telly occasionally. Um, I don't, I don't like doing strats. I'm honestly, someone might out there might hate me after saying this, but like, I don't, I don't like strats. Um, like yeah, I, I, I grew up playing. Yeah. I grew up playing a telly or, or a Les Paul and that, mm -hmm. that volume that volume knob's just too close to the bridge for me. It just, it kills me. So. Strats for me, and I'm, I, I have said this before a couple times, but for me, I like very specific ones, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but generally, like, your average, your average strat for me is not super aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it's because I've seen it too much. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, they sound amazing. I love that that sound and you know certain models i think look really cool um but across the board like just to show me stratocaster i go eh, 
doesn't excite me very yeah. much. I don't know. I don't know why that is. It's just a, a weird thing. Um, yeah, no, I I totally agree. For me, it, it was that for sure. Like it's it's been not only has it been done by a lot of people, but it's just it's just a to me it's a tired design now. Uh, yeah, and that's just personally. Like I mean, obviously, it's still like probably one of the best selling guitars of all time. So. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of people who argue with me on that so <laughs> right well and they feel great and they sound great uh yeah it just it just aesthetically it doesn't doesn't get me super excited I, and it's probably like i said just because yeah. like you said it's been done so many times but maybe that's yeah. why the strats i like are the somewhat less favorable ones you know i like the strats mm-hmm. that i do like are generally like solid black or solid white with you know like uh, you know, a rosewood fretboard and a big headstock, which is kind of not traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I, don't I, I actually, it's what's funny is like I have, I have a pretty massive guitar collection. Oh. And, and it's like like you said, it's uh, there are like I have a lot of funky vintage guitars. Like I have uh, several vintage Coppas, which I don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar with that brand, but they're amazing guitars and you can get them for dirt cheap uh so there's i have several of those i have some hoffners from the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s so i have a couple of hagstroms Tyska. i have a lot of Tyskas. uh i have a couple echoes from italy and several uh vintage gretches and stuff but even the gretches i don't have like a a 6120 i mean like the gretches that i have are like the beast. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The beast yes. rules. Yeah. So I, I have one of those. And, uh, a, uh, oh my gosh. I'm totally a uh, Corvette. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like the, the oddball ones that never really like super took off. Uh, those are always kind of my, my favorite guitars, but so, but yeah, so like I was, I was doing oh. still though the strats and tellies until like 2013, right? And oh, can can we back up real quick one second? I have a question yeah. for you uh, about Hagstroms yeah. in particular. Um, yeah, I always thought they were really cool looking, and they seem to be pretty well made. Um, and I don't know if this is across the board, um, but all of the older ones that I've played had the weirdest tiny little neck on them that I couldn't. Yes. I couldn't play very well at all. I mean, I like big necks generally. I my favorite necks are like my my junior and you know big, stupidly sized, huge necks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Hagstrom I is the only guitar that I picked. I'm like, I'm gonna buy that. Look how cool it is. And I picked it up and played it and played it for 30 minutes and went, you know what? No, because my hand's starting to hurt. This is the weirdest tiny little neck. Are they all like that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They are. Uh, so I have a, uh, I have a Hagstrom, uh, Viking Deluxe. It's a 1969, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it basically, it looks like a 335, uh, but it's yes. a bolt, but it's a bolt on neck. Um, and that thing, I, so I took a measurement at the first fret. It's 0.78 of an inch, which is like, I mean, that's stupid thin. Um, and even at the 12th, even at the 12th, it's only 0.85 of an inch, which honestly, yeah. I mean, point, point 0.85, that's where most first frets are like beginning in measurement. So right. it's, yeah, I mean, it's a thin neck, but like for me, it's great because I have smaller hands. And so like, it feels perfect for me. Like for me, that's, it's not a shredder guitar. But that neck for me is like, if I was a shredder, that's the neck I, I would want. Um, yeah, that's that's what's yeah. weird about me. I've said it on the show a couple times, but like, I've got really, I don't have very big hands. I've got mm-hmm. like, I, I'm a I'm a shorter dude and I've got like, small, weird, stubby fingers. But for some reason, I like guitars that play like baseball bats. I don't, not across the huh. board, but like, I, yeah. I tend, I tend to favor big necks and they, they're always... Ever since I started playing my junior, um, found that they were more comfortable for me, and I could actually play better on them. I don't know why. I maybe I have messed up hands. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> your junior, 
you're junior, by the way. Like for me, it's like the quintessential junior. Like if there was like a junior, I would go for it. It's the one that you got. That thing is awesome. I, I, love I it, was I, I was just playing it. That was what I was playing before we started recording, and uh, <laughs> I I uh, obviously have a very close personal connection to it that I've talked about a million times. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right, Drew. That's that's the junior I would buy if I wasn't so fortunate yeah. to have had it in the family, you know. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's just like it's got like all the right wear in all the right places. Just so good. Yeah. Just I mean, I guess that's what happens when you get like a legit player from that. I mean, the, you know, this was just a guitar. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It was like it, like they didn't care about them. You know, I take pretty good care of it for obvious reasons, but like my grandpa didn't. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, he didn't beat it. Yeah. He didn't purposely hurt it, but is he, he just played it like it's a guitar, kind of like I treat my my Les Paul Special. It's like, yeah, this it has a guitar. Ah, it's got a nick in it. Whatever, you know. Well, and see, that's why those guitars are such great players, is because back then those weren't, you know, like the several hundred dollar guitars. I mean, when people bought those, those were more like the I want a good brand, but I don't want to pay a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that got played hard. And so they just got so much mojo. It's a great guitars. It just soaks, soaks right in there. Soaks right in there. Yeah. yeah. But, well, but we've went off track. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> which is, is what happens, which is totally fine. Um, yeah. But you've been doing some builds uh, for the last couple of years that it seems like just by nature of them being kind of spinoffs of these um, not spinoffs, mm-hmm. but like you, like you said, you got a big collection, and I'm sure you take inspiration from all these quirky, old, weird instruments. Yeah. Do you have some that are kind of a? You said you got a now. That now everyone's gonna scream at me. Uh, yeah. What is the appropriate pronunciation of Tisco or Tisco? I hear it in very many different ways, and I don't know which is correct. You know that's a great question. <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. I, I always say Tyson, but it's probably just because that's what everyone's always said to me. So I'm just following suit. I mean, I'm down with that. That's what I thought it was the first time I read it. But then I heard Tisco a bunch. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, and, and I love. I love Japanese guitars. Like, uh, I have like a Kent. I have a couple Tyscos. Uh. I've got uh, an elk. I don't know if you've heard of mm-hmm. elk, but oh yeah, yeah. so I have a I have a, a lot of different Japanese ones, and some of them are really great, and some of them like oh, I have a Norma as well, and and like they they just don't they don't play well, and that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing. And and what's funny is like I mean I know that a lot of Japanese brands went through this this phase where they're like the lawsuit, the famous lawsuit guitars. Of course. Um, but but really when you get past that era and even during that era, there there's a lot of quite original Japanese designs. I mean, I th- I think people they, they get a bad rap, but people kind of forget that like the Japanese like were like kind of actually a- ahead of their time when it came to guitar design. They were they were trying stuff that that the American and and British uh guitar makers would never do it was too experimental and mm-hmm. uh and that's kind of what drew me to it and in 2013 like i i just made a decision that year that i was going to stop doing classic designs um because there there are just so many phenomenal guitar builders out there doing tele styles and strat style les paul style guitars um and quite honestly, I was, in my opinion, at that point, at least in 2013, I was just thinking, I was like, man, these guys are doing it, but they're doing it better than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Like, I mean, and, and, and they're riding on the laurels of like a lot of years of doing it. And, and for me, it was just like, you know, like I'm not drawn to that design as much. Like I've been doing that design just because it sells, but, but like at heart, you know, like the the German designs and uh, and the uh, Asian designs. To me, I found much more interesting and and exciting and experimental. 
Um, so that's kind of like where I, where I kind of headed down that road. And, and now it's just, it's kind of gotten out of hand because <laughs> I have, like, I, as the best I things have, tend like, to do. Yes, I know. Right. But I mean, like most guys, like they'll, they'll hone in on like, okay, here's my three models or four models of guitars. And this is all I do. And I've got like, you know, 12, 15, I have 12 models of guitars, I think right now, but I'm working on another three prototypes right now. <laughs> one, one, one's going to release next week. So I, I'm, I'm not able to go to NAMM this year. Just, uh, it's a, it's a lot of money to swing. So it is. Um, Are any of your guitars yeah. going to NAMM though? Uh, man, that's a good question. I mean, I'm sure Mason Stoops will be there. Um, and there's some other companies like amp companies and stuff that are going to be there that I know own my guitars, but I'm not sure if they'll be taken like uh John, John Thompson, that bad cat's a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he usually will take a, a guitar or two of mine there. Um, and then, uh, Earthquaker devices, Corey Juba, who's one of the guys who works at Earthquaker. He's got one of my guitars. So I had guitars at their booth last year as well. So, but yeah, this year I'm kind of staying low. And since I'm not going to be at NAMM, I'm, I'm going to be debuting a, a new prototype next week. Well, cool. Um, I'll look forward to that. This is going to be, yeah, I, I, so. I hope it comes out in time. This all kind of depends on lots of factors, but this is like the last episode before NAMM. So oh, nice. hopefully, hopefully I can pop this out in time. Um, so people can listen on their flight cool. in or hey, while they're sand nice. sanding down prototypes or whatever they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's I'm trying to remember what booth it was that I played one of your guitars at uh, last year. It was the first time, even though I've been kind of talking for a long time. I hadn't played one. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was at the creation booth or I can't remember where it was. Um, well, I had a, yeah, I had a barrage. At the creation booth. That that was uh, it. I, I'm almost yeah. positive. Yeah, because I also had a couple guitars at the classic audio effects. I had mm -hmm. three or four guitars at uh, the Fox pedal, two guitars at Earthquaker, and two guitars at Bad Cat. Nice. So, yeah, I uh, <laughs> it was it was a little crazy last year. This this will be a nice nice quiet uh, quiet January for me. <laughs> so. Oh man, good times. Yeah, but um, so it well since this is probably gonna drop like right around the same time as your prototype mm -hmm. is coming out. Not that like people can see it uh, on a audio podcast, but like, sure. is there something uh, something special about this one that you would? or that care to dis divulge or uh, otherwise expand on? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what's, what's funny or maybe not funny, I guess what's, what's odd about my guitars is that uh, no, no two guitars are really alike. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like there might be a, a bra that has a, um, you know, like a Telecaster bridge. And then there's another one that's got a tunematic, and then the next one, you know, I that, that's kind of the fun part of being um, a custom shop is that no, no two guitars are alike. So the the new prototype, the the elements on it are not necessarily like this is the standard. What's the standard is just the body style, and uh, the body style is kind of like if you took a jazz bass mm -hmm. and you miniaturized it into guitar form uh, and then took elements of some echo designs mm -hmm. uh, and then kind of, yeah, I threw all that together. And then the, uh, the, the bridge is actually a Melita style bridge, uh, which are kind of like those, you know, uh, 1950s, really early 60s Gretsch style bridges. Oh, okay, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's a uh, it's made by MB Matic and MB Concepts, the the company that made it. They make 
very accurate replicas of the Melita style bridge, but it's like, to me, like the MB bridges and mastery bridges. I mean, like they're just amazing works of, <laughs> of metal art. I mean, it's, it's just really great craftsmanship. So that's the, the bridge. And then the, the vibrato on the prototype is actually a, a new old stock 1967 Hagstrom vibrato. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So the, the Hagstrom, the original Hagstrom uh, factory closed a few years ago and they were getting rid of like all these vibratos and new old stock parts for really cheap. And I bought like 15 of these vibratos. So, <laughs> so I've been sitting on, sitting on several of them for, for special projects. So. Oh man, that sounds yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. So this guitar is just like, super vibey it's got a roasted 5a flame maple neck it's got a bacote uh fretboard so it's just like it's real wild uh this prototype is is aged and just because it what i was really going for was that 60s italian meets american uh kind of design and so i wanted it to look the part mm -hmm. um but yeah so that, that's really exciting and i'm also Right now, I'm working on a, a lap steel a new design. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I, I, lap steel is like one of my favorite instruments. I suck at it, but like I love listening to lap steel and I dabble um, horribly, but like I've always wanted to, to make my own lap steel design. So I'm kind of working on that as well. So it's going to be it's going to be fun times. That doesn't that is exciting. Yeah. I, I don't see yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of lap steel in the, you know, the, you know, whatever you want to quote unquote boutique world. Like, mm -hmm. you don't see that uh, that much. That's that's really exciting. I'm going to be excited to see what you do there. That's cool. Yeah, there's I don't know why, because I, maybe it's just because like the Nashville world, I guess most of the hardcore players are doing pedal steel, not lap steel. Right. Um. But then you, I don't know, you still get guys though. I mean, like Asher Guitars, and he's an inspiration for me when it comes to lap steel and uh, some of those those more eclectic style instruments. But like Asher, he makes a killer lap steel. And I mean, he does really well with that. And so that's kind of where I'm kind of drawing some inspiration from. My, my design will not be anything like his, but... Uh, Although I probably will use his Asher makes a killer lap steel bridge that I'll probably end up using. So very cool. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's the answer. I love pedal steel so much. I love listening to it. Uh, mm -hmm. I, but I look at it and go, no, I'm, I can barely play guitar, let alone all yeah. the levers and not, you know, I know. And, and I mean, I'm like you too, kind of, I mean, you, probably a better player than I am, but I come from a kind of the punk rock background. So I'm just like, you know, like power chords mm -hmm. and stuff are pretty hard sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I look I at pedal steel, pedal steel players and I'm just amazed. Uh, and, but man, it's one of my very favorite things to listen to. Um, yeah. So may it's maybe a... lap steel would be a good stop gap where I can like sort of comprehend and mimic certain aspects of it without overloading yeah. my little brain well totally and like for me I, I thought about because i do have a large instrument collection i was thinking about like well maybe i'll just buy like an inexpensive pedal steel or something like that but then the more i looked into it like it doesn't have six strings and it's like crazy alternate tunings <laughs> and like i i'm like well i I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how to play guitar well, you know, let, like, let alone like nine strings, eight strings. No, thanks. Like that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the great thing about lap steel is that like, it's still six strings and you can tune it into like open D drop D, you know, I mean like all sorts of cool stuff that like whatever makes sense for your mind uh, as a guitarist, it translates well to a lap steel. So for me, it just makes sense to have something like that as a part of my lineup. I think but, it's going to make sense to have that as part of my stash. I'm going to need a lap yes. steal in my life. Exactly. Sounds, well, we'll work something you're, up. 
<laughs> you're making you're making that sound really appealing right now. That sounds like yeah. <laughs> I could just sit Perfect. down with a lap steel and a bunch of pedals and just like like lo- lose myself oh, for a while. Yeah, so, honestly, a lap steel, a good like nice overdrive, some reverb and delay, and you'll you'll be like in heaven for a couple hours. That sounds like That's a. All you need. That sounds like such a good time. Maybe yeah. stereo. Maybe with some modulation. Oh, yeah. Maybe with some fuzz. Yeah, oh wait, I'm getting out of hand again. Uh, <laughs> as I want to do. Um, do do you? We've talked a lot about guitars, which is uh, mm-hmm. unusual. We usually are discussing chicken fried steak or something by this point. But um, <laughs> do do you uh, do you get what what styles of music do you play? I know you do a lot of music stuff with your church, but outside of that, do mm-hmm. you ever get a chance to you know play? no effect songs again or anything like that oh man <laughs> uh yeah i'm i'm i haven't touched punk music in a long time i, I kind of got a little burnt out on that um but like musically like like what i personally listen to like i love a pretty wide gambit of stuff so like i'm a huge muse fan uh just like muse as a whole like just I've seen them several times live and they are entertainers mm-hmm. and they're just, they're just super fun uh, to listen to and, and to play. So I love Muse, uh, but everything from that to even just like kind of more folksy stuff like the civil wars and nice. uh, to like very like fuzz driven stuff, you know, uh, like white stripes and, all that kind of scene. Um, but like, I guess like recently what I've been getting into is more of like, almost like more, um, more like Americana mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, uh, so yeah, I, it's, it's just hard when it's like, when playing music is, or making or arranging music is my full-time job. It's always it's always kind of hard to like actually find time just to play for fun, and so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like one of my things I'm trying to set myself out to do this year is just to get back into the enjoyment of like personal music making. Um, so like for example, I decided this year that I'm I'm really huge into like uh, like old school. This is going to sound weird, but like Afro spiritual gospel. Um, okay. So you, know, you get like that gospel choir doing like the ooze and that kind of thing behind it. Uh, yeah. There, there's yeah. a I, there's a there's a guy named Brady Toops, and uh, Brady Toops does like somehow does like this cool indie rock infused of Afro spiritual, and it's just so cool. And so. Um, I love arranging music, and so that's probably this next year. That's what I'm going to spend some time doing. Is trying to just arrange that kind of thing and write guitar parts for that. So, get me out of my my normal my normal kind of music I listen to. Trying to expand myself a bit. Nice. That that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Like I uh, I I can appreciate that, and I need to. I actually think I need to work on kind of expanding some of my horizons at times. I have a pretty, pretty wide background or not background, but like mm-hmm. listening. I don't, I listen to a lot of different music. I don't know what the fancy term I was trying to come up with was, but, uh, yeah. and I, I made a playlist the other day for, uh, some of my friends, uh, and it was titled just like what you would expect me to listen to. And mm-hmm. I just kind of dumped a bunch of my favorite songs in there. They were like, yeah, that's exactly what I would expect you to listen to. Um, and I kind of went, and I was joking when I made it, but I was like, and I really got to look, and I'm like, you know, this is exactly what I would expect me to listen to, too. Uh, but I like other stuff. I think I should explore that other stuff a little more widely. Um, yeah. Rather than kind of like, I don't know, the well-known hits in that particular genre. That's not the norm that I would listen to, I guess. So what do you what do you listen to? Um, I mean, I really like Outlaw Country. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I like nice. like early two thousands hardcore like quite a bit. That's kind of formative mm-hmm. stuff for me. Um, 
I, I like, I like, you know, and I like punk rock from that, that similar era, a uh, big dropkick mm-hmm. Murphy's fan. Um, nice. So flogging Molly and, and bands like that thrice is my favorite mm-hmm. band. I think people have figured that out by now and I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. And, and Lucero is another one of my favorites. I can't get enough of them. Um, but nice. it's all kind of stuff I've, I've just talked about <laughs> ad nauseum and, yeah. and, and people just, at least my good friends and my family, like they just kind of, they just expect like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, like people, yeah, this is what he likes. And I'm like, I like other yeah. stuff too. Um, so, yeah. um, kind of trying to explore the, the more older school kind of, uh, soul music and stuff. My wife's really into that stuff and I haven't really listened to it that much in depth. The more I do, the more I really, mm-hmm. really enjoy it. So, um, awesome. I got some, I got some searching to do. Uh, I've also, ex- you know, started to actually enjoy listening to more ambient kind of Heavy bands, I guess. I'm not really sure what the term for it is, but uh, I've been listening to This Will Destroy You quite a bit. And I'm hmm. like, they 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 play kind of what I play by myself, which is like lots of fuzz and lots of reverb and crazy droning. Hmm. I mean, I'm generalizing, but like it's a. Yeah. It's kind of what I do by myself, and so it's fun to hear somebody else in, do it with a full band, I guess. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting band. They've been around for a long time, and and they produce some rad soundscapes, I guess. Huh. So, well, you know, if your wife does like soul, she would probably super like Brady Toops, that guy I was talking about earlier. It's very mm-hmm. soulful. So. Yeah, it sounds nice. it sounds cool. She's recently got me into uh well, not so recently, but she got me into Leon Bridges. Um, I don't know if you've heard him, but I haven't. No. Yeah. I think uh, I don't know, based on this conversation, you'd probably be a fan. He's he's pretty cool. Very very Leon throwback. Bridges. Yeah, Leon Bridges. Very very cool. I don't know. I get a kick out of his stuff, and that's kind of what's sending me down that path. So I'll have to investigate them too. That sounds Brady too. Sounds cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at Leon bridges on iTunes now. So I have to check that out. Nice. Very cool. (laughs) (laughs) This is great casting. I wish I could insert a Leon bridges tune right here, but I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It'd be a great segue, but, um, well, we have, uh, we are approaching that hour mark and yeah, we've yet to kind of discuss the most important and very valuable question that probably honestly going to make or break, you know, this entire podcast. So I'm going to have to, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I don't want you to feel any pressure. I don't want you to get too worked up about it, but. Drew, um, sorry, this is a big one. Drew, what kind of pizza do you like? Oh, man. That is a tough question. Uh, okay, so do you go to Mod Pizza at all? Yes, I do. I, I've been there a couple times. Yeah. Okay. So at Mod Pizza, they have this. I don't remember the name of it. It's the one that has the white sauce on it. Um, I'm not forget- I'm not remembering the name, but I can tell you what's on it. It's that's uh, most important. It's like al- yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So it's an Alfredo based sauce, but then I add uh, basil. It's got mozzarella cheese. It's got spinach and. Mm-hmm. Uh, spicy sausage and bacon, mm-hmm. and then, and then let's see, it's got uh, sweet hot peppers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, roasted garlic. Oh man! Yeah, I like cleaning my pores with my pizza. 
Of course. Kind of like a two for two two for one deal there. Yeah, um, you got to get your bang for the buck. Of course. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then at the end, I throw on uh, some uh, ricotta cheese, and then mm-hmm. they then they like uh, drizzle uh, balsamic glaze on it. This sounds fantastic. I would definitely, I would definitely eat that pizza, for sure. Yeah. So it's usually that, or just like a, just straight up like meat lovers. So I, I, I'll go either way, but that that's like the two two kinds of pizza I would get. It's hard to go wrong with the meat lovers. I mean, yeah. Even a not that good one is still like, eh, I can at least scrape the toppings off and enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like your whole week's worth of protein. Right there, just get it done. Whole whole weeks. So, whole well, at least in, at least in my house. I mean, my oh. my wife's a hippie, <laughs> so it's like my wife's a hippie, so it's like you know, if it was up to her, we would all be vegetarians or vegans or something. So, oh, I got I got to get my I got to get my red meat whenever I can. Which I, is not I around. understand. <laughs> you got to sneak out. Let me smell your the red meat. <laughs> yeah, let me smell your breath, Drew. <laughs> You've been hitting the red meat again, haven't you? <laughs> well, if, she, if she can smell the if she can smell the roasted garlic, she's she knows I've had the red meat as well. <laughs> you told me never again. Uh, <laughs> making this much more dramatic than uh, it actually is. Uh, <laughs> no, it's better this way. Of course, I'm just picturing this whole soap opera just playing out. Exactly. <laughs> never mind. We're not going to go there. That could be, could be weird. <laughs> um, well, yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day to uh, to do this to ramble on with me. Yeah, man. Uh, we need to, uh, you know, talk about this lap steel stuff some more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope to have I hope to have the prototype done sometime within the next two months or so. Cool. So I already I've already made templates for it. It's just kind of fine-tuning some stuff and because this isn't the normal thing i would do i want to source the right kind of parts um this is just very much like not my my average world so i want to make sure i do it right and and make the right choices for the first one so but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm excited that is i think that's gonna be i'm excited to see what you do with it i have i have comp i've played your guitars i or a one of your guitars and admired many yeah. many images of them and uh i'm i feel confident so nice it's gonna be awesome it's, it's gonna be cool yeah i agree well, right, cool. well thanks well, man thanks for letting me chat with you it's been good yeah i enjoyed it a lot uh we'll have to uh we'll have to hook up and and do it again sometime we can Sounds talk good. more about our food preferences <laughs> In the drama that will assuredly come <laughs> that will unfold thereafter. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. For Drew, this is Blake. And as always, good luck and good tones. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. That does it for this week. Good people of Tone Mob Land. You should definitely go to Drew's website, walshguitars.com. Check out his wares. I highly encourage it. Or check him on the social medias, at Walsh Guitars, blah, 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 blah. You know how all this works. And if you don't, just search Walsh Guitars on Google. You'll find him. And you'll be happy that you did. In other important announcements, NAM 2018 is coming up fast. Yes, fast. As in just like a few days sort of kind of fast. Um, Friday the 26th, there's going to be a bunch of listeners, community members, rad dudes and gals all showing up to eat pizza. We're going to be eating pizza at NAMM's second annual Tone Mob Pizza Party. And it's presented by Sinusoid because Andy and company are amazing people. And so we're going to be all chowing down. There might be a drawing. I'm not saying there is, but there might be a drawing. And if you want to know the details, uh, hit me up at info at tonemob.com or, you know, 
on any of the social medias, and we'll get you squared away with all the details. But second annual Tone Mob Pizza Party, you're not going to want to miss it. So hopefully I see you there. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.